Nation, thank you for tuning into the Love Quest podcast. Get your Bibles ready, get your notebook, get your coffee, get some water, whatever you need to do, and get ready to receive. The time is right now. Let's go. My mom oftentimes has sent me pictures of herself. So if you're watching, Ma, I appreciate you. Um, work that my mom did to assure I stayed alive. The work and the prayers, the middle of the nights that my grandmother prayed to assure um, the dragging me to church every week to assure I think many people don't get this, especially this young generation, especially you men who have went through fatherlessness that didn't set you up to live as a mighty man of God. This is what everybody needs to hear. I see my mom um, as beautiful as she is. All of us are getting older. It does get to a point in your life where you're next. Now, technically, everybody's next because don't nobody. Age doesn't. But let's just say God blesses us all with 80 to 120 years, like the word says, 70 to 120. Now, it gets to a point where you're one of the only family members left. And the only thing you have left is those that are behind you, you're called to lead. Do you know the ginormous responsibility every person in this room has to leave behind a legacy of faith? Take a look. And some of you know this, your parents, if we just keep it raw, your parents are on their way out of here. <laughs> and that's not necessarily a sad thing, but when you put it in perspective, if you got parents that's anywhere from 60 to 80, you're talking anywhere from 20 to 30 years, that's not long. And for some of us, our parents are looking at a five-year window. And instead of ignoring the death that everyone will see, use death as a platform for what's next. For those that cross over, it's eternal life. We escape, we go to. This is what we praise for because after death, there's life. But the other side to that is our life goes on. Life or death on earth. 
And so when we're up here praising God, personally, I don't have time to keep my cool when I actually have an inheritance of praise to sow. My children, when they, when I'm dead and gone and my children get in trouble, they are going to remember how dad got through. And I want you to remember the posture you have about your gratitude is the posture your children inherit. And I'm telling you, there's some storms that you can't afford to sit still. And I'm telling you, there's some storms coming that you need to be praising into. Because you get knocked on your butt when a rush of water come hit you. But when you run into it, like man I love my family I love my mom I love you know and I guess when you get older you have more peace with it so you start you know talking backwards meaning hey baby I'm leaving you mom that's not cute that's nothing to talk about right now I'm leaving you this and I'm leaving I don't want to talk about that right now but the reality of it is is it's my turn my grandma's gone to be with the Lord my auntie is going to be with the Lord. These are all women who raised me. My uncle's doing his, his thing. Right? My Uncle Willie's, if not, he's almost 70 years old. As agile as Uncle Willie is, at the end, it seems like the end goes very fast. Because once you get feeble, once you get, you know what I'm saying? Sickness hits different. Injuries hit different. Right? Kids move out. They get married. They're not visiting as much. They have their lives. What I'm telling you is you can't wait till then. You have to start sowing strength for the day you don't have it. Right? And watching others' joy never produces yours unless you're willing to allow the impartation to invade you. It is, it is, the, it is the bread of God's children to have expressive joy. What good, if, what good is joy if can't nobody see it? If joy is just, it stops at the felt realm. Joy is not meant to merely be felt. It's meant to be released. It's power. And some people are on stop or stuck street because you won't release. Understand when God comes, you're like, man, I want to feel better. And you come in a room like this and there's joy in the room, but it stops at your conscience. Opposed to realizing joy has come to remove. Right? You can, I don't care how much uh, detox, detoxers or detoxes you take. If it doesn't flush out of you, right? You, you can drink water, but if water doesn't go through you, water does not benefit you. Right? If you don't eat, it processes and you release it. Whatever you have eaten has, has counterproductive benefits because anything that is meant to nourish you has to go through you, not stop at you. That's why it says that our joy is in Christ. Right? It's, our faith is in Christ. It's in. We're meant to live through him. 
So if you find a church of joy and praise and faith, it is to your best interest to realize the fact God brought you here to get joy through you, not merely you witness it. Because if joy is not what you're looking for, if celebration is not what you're looking for, faith is not what you look. I'm telling you, this is contagious. This is what the world is looking for. This is why we try in religion. This is why we yoga. This is why we diet. We're looking all these things that are temporary, but this joy I have is eternal. Right? So when I'm happy about today, those truths never end. Paychecks end. Spouses pass away. Children move out. So your joy has to be in something that never dies. So I don't care who you sitting next to. My wife ain't going to stop my praise. My, my, your husband ain't going to stop your praise. Your children shouldn't stop your praise. A grumpy pants next to you shouldn't stop your praise. Everybody should lift their hands. Everybody should shout for joy. Everybody should dance. Everybody should have a praise. God has been so good. So good. So good. So good. So good. So good. Say, I have a responsibility. Period. Go have a seat. Go have a seat. Really quickly, for those that don't know, we will not... We're still trying to figure some things out. We got a few team members. Um, next week, we will not be here. There is no Wednesday uh, midweek uh, experience, nor is there a Sunday midweek experience. We have, I think, up to like 62 or 63 people that have signed, that not just signed up, but have put their money where their mouth is and are heading to Toronto next week. So if you have any family or friends in Toronto, tell them to come see us. We are heading to Toronto some Tuesday, the first the first jet is leaving Tuesday, and then the second jet is leaving Thursday, and then there's people sprinkled in between there, and then Sunday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we will be gathering together, but Sunday. So next Sunday, we will be streaming at 12 p.m. our time here, 3 p.m. our time, our, yeah, our time there. And uh, we are trying to, but if we don't get enough participants, uh, we are trying to do a watch party here next Sunday. It will not be like your typical service. It will be some little foods and hangout vibes to come in together and watch what's happening in Toronto here. But if we don't get enough participants and um, expressed interest, then we probably won't do it. But those that have plans to go out of town, visit another church, we encourage you to do so. Take that time. And wherever you go, if it's not in another church, don't go to another church and stream while you're sitting in another church. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and then for those that, you know, we'll have our service and then we'll also have Aftershock. We'll have a live concert. And we are doing it in a venue that is, I don't want to even call it a secular venue because technically we're in a secular venue right now if we, you know, it's no cathedral. But... 
wherever the, wherever the spirit of the Lord goes, wherever his church goes, there's freedom. So um, we will be invading a historic live music venue in downtown Toronto called El Macambo or Cambo or sorry, sorry if I'm messing it up. But we are going to do things the way God, we've tried churches, um, we tried very hard, but none would open the doors and the one, the one that did didn't necessarily fit the vision, but then guess what? The world opened their doors. So we just going to go through the door God opened and uh, pray for us as we're there as we go and break ground. Um, so again, we will not be here Wednesday nor Sunday. So, um, yeah, I think that's it. So as I thought about today, there we had a leadership meeting on Wednesday. And in my eyes, it was extremely powerful. And... <clears throat> Yeah, absolutely. Um, the word of God is the greatest gift humanity can ever have or receive. Okay. Um, but some was like, man, the church needs to hear this message. Um, at this point, you know, I'm probably not going to even get through half of it. But um, I feel like it's something that we need to hear and some of it you might hear again for those that did hear Wednesday. I tried to throw in a few extra things that wasn't there so you wouldn't get too familiar with it. But let's try it out. The topic, it's, let me help you understand, it's still kingdom, okay? We're still in the vein of thy kingdom come. But I had this thought. Title is above. Say above. above. Come on, say Above. above. A little louder, say above. above. One more time. This I'm kind of hearing a lot of volume here. I see a lot of strong voices here, but kind of shy and or act shy. So um, let's say above. above. Okay, that was your voice, but it's good. It's good. We'll take it. We'll take it. You're you're an ambassador for the side show. Um, above is the main the main focus, but underneath it is super important yes. not beneath I would say probably 90% of the people in this room are living below what God called you to a lot of people tie in their purpose with their talents and your talents aren't necessarily your gifts talents are inherited gifts are given there's a lot of people who they like I can do this I can do that so my purpose is in what I can do. I'm preaching already. But the Lord says that he, with him, it's all possible. And I find that God often calls us to do things that we kind of can't do. Like we need him to do it. There's something about it we cannot do. Right? Rather, we don't have the money, but we can. Right? We, we, we have the ability, but we don't have the money. We don't have the money to go to the school but we have the gift to do what he's calling us to do, right? And so I feel like there's a lot of people who have pursued purpose based on talent and interests, not spiritual gifts or gifts given by God, 
right? And so a lot of us, if we're going into these last days and we're going to live out an inheritance, this is what I want you to know. Whenever you put your gifts to the side, you curse your seed. Okay. Um, a lot of what my kids grow up to understand what they can and can't do some of it comes from what they see and hear me and their mom say what we can or can't not do. A lot of what your kids grow up to believe what is possible is based on what around the house you have said is possible or is not possible. Now I understand in Christ, no one in Christ is cursed, but just because you're not cursed, you can still curse things. And to me, here's simply a curse, so we don't make it like this Hollywood version of curse. That a thing is not functioning in its original intent and makeup. It's cursed. It's crippled. It's barren. And if you are not functioning in what, how God wired you, what he made you for, what he's hoping you for, hoping for, what Jesus died for you for, then there's a part of you that is barren, crippled, lame, and cursed. You are not cursed, but the thing. And you don't, some of us do not understand how much functioning in God-given purpose is a part of our wholeness. And some folks is stressed out because you're living in purpose based on financial goals. But your soul know what you was wired to do before you even came in this world. And stress and anxiety is in the soul realm. And the God in you, eternity, knows that you are striving for joy, striving for purpose. And when you as parents are striving, your kids aren't getting all of you. Do you know you can give your children 100% of your attention, but not 100% of your family's purpose? We, we, we minor in family and generational purpose and we major in now relevance. Not understanding that some of the choices that we're called to make is about the passing on of something. The schools, the majors, the, the people I date, the, 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 the marriage, the, the relationships I get in, who I bring in my house. Single moms, what man I bring in my house. Single dads, what woman I bring in my house. You, you got to understand that the choices you make is not about now happiness. Every choice you make now is a seed for then. And we got to get back to sacrificial living. Not now relevance. Because God's inheritance is meant to link a generation or, sorry, a bloodline to, a, to generational wholeness. 
You gotta get whole so your children can get, so your it's a lot easier than, it's a lot easier to inherit wealth than to work for it. So it's a lot easier to grow up in a home where there's wholeness and you inherit wholeness than you gotta go through hell to find wholeness. And if some of you younger single folks just hit the brakes and start hearing some of this real stuff, this ain't grown up stuff, this God stuff. And at 18, you can start making some of these decisions and having some of these real talks so you can make some real decisions that will impact five, six, seven, eight, ten generations. We serve a generational God, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I can't go out and get drunk because I'm trying to numb now pain. My, my, my choice to not get drunk and endure the pain in Jesus, it will birth an inheritance of patience, an inheritance of strength, an inheritance of endurance. Say above. above. I had this on my first slide, but it was in my spirit, I guess. God, you're still good. Can we say that one time? God, you're still good. Come on, one more time. God, you're still good. This is the kind of stuff I grew up in the house with that was imparted. Now I understand why my mama was saying, oh, well. I used to get on my nerves when my mom used to say, oh, well. But as a single mom who is already ready to give up, there's stresses and things as a kid that I brought her. When I'm asking, mom, I'm not going to be able to get these shoes. What would she say? But, but instead of saying, baby, we ain't got it, baby, she just said, oh, well. Instead of giving her son the doubt, the poverty. <laughs> Her oh well was, I don't know how this is going to happen, but I don't have one second to think about the circumstance I'm in. So all I got is a oh well or I'm going to lose my mind. And some of you in here think way too long about your lack than how good God has been. Whatever you meditate on, you empower. I don't got a second any, man, you got to learn to train people around you that you ain't the one that's about to conversate about doubt. I'm, I'm sorry. It's not that I don't care as much as you. Somehow to you, you think I don't care because I won't worry. I'm preaching to somebody in here that's ready to grow up. Stop thinking because I won't entertain worry. I don't care. I actually care probably more than you because I won't worry like you. I care so much I don't want to get in the way of God's goodness. Because if you really care, you'll do it how God said do it. Worry is not a sign of care. Worry is not a sign that you care a lot. Rest is a sign that you care. Patience is a sign that you care. Right? I'm not going to mess up with God's plan. That's why I care, I care so much I'm going to be still. Yeah. 
Yeah. I care so much about having a healthy marriage. I'm going to wait. We don't want to hear that, but I'm not going to stay there. Right? I care. I care. Stop thinking worrying is caring. If worrying was caring, he would not have told us to cast our cares. Stability is not our goal. Can I talk to you how God talked to me? Now this worries some folks right now. This is, this is worrying some folks right now. They like, Pastor, you better explain this to me. Or you like, whatever, I don't care what you say. Stability is to go, no, 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 it ain't. Why is God always trying to knock you off stability then? Right, like, come with me, come with, come with me. Come to a place that you don't even know about. Oh, no, 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 you are. I know you stutter, but I still need you to go talk to a power. I need you to speak to power. Without a degree, I know you don't have a degree, but I need you to walk publicly and preach the gospel. God does not care about your stability because you can have stability and no faith. <laughs> you can have stability and no faith. Stability. Stability is not the goal. Jesus was sleeping in the storm. They woke him up because they didn't feel what? Stable. Sleep is more the goal than stability is. Now, let, let the people that love sleep, don't, don't take that home with you. <laughs> the people that love them some sleep, that ain't, I ain't talking to you that kind of sleep. Rest, I'm talking about. Rest in your, in your soul. Come on, my soul. Oh, don't you get tired of me. Anxious lions rest. Lions just walk through like, man, I got all the time in the world. Lions rest. Stability is not the goal. Peace is the goal. Right? I I have to talk for a second about peace in order to talk about the high life. Right? Remember, it's above and not beneath. And hopefully this message today and tonight will encourage you and re, uh, reset you, reseat you where you belong. Because there's too much low living here. Depending on your job is a low level of living. Depending, only functioning in talent is a low level of, only functioning in what you can do is low level of living. Walking with the Lord, if you really want to walk in the realm of the kingdom, you got to get involved in some things that will challenge your stability. I don't have time to talk about tightroping. If you understood what tight roping was and what that pole does and why there's some down rope, down, downward uh, 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 handles at the end that helps you. It, the, the, the handles at the end of the tight rope pole that you carry across. 
although I'm standing tall, those two downward poles at the end lower my core. It, 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 it adds a weight on my balance supernaturally so that although I'm off balance, I'm still stable. But you can't be on a tightrope and focus on sitting still. The greatest level of balance is when you are able to move. <laughs> if somebody in football come and hit me standing still versus when I'm running at them. Right, stability cannot be your goal. Some of y'all have financial goals that you think once you get there, you're gonna be stable. Let me help you, you won't. <laughs> your bills might be paid. <laughs> but if you give your kids a house and you don't give them peace, you failed. I'm talking as a believer. If your kids don't know how to pray, if they don't know how to depend on the Lord, No, veggie tails can't raise your kids. All right, all right, all right, hurry up. Praise practices and produces peace. Praise practices peace. Folks don't understand. They be like, wow, they just be so, oh my God, oh my God. But do you know when I'm up here rejoicing, I don't have time to worry. So I'm not ignoring facts. I'm rejoicing on truth. He's good. Yeah, yeah, he's been good to my grandma. He's been good. Generational goodness. He's faithful. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Deborah, Terrence, Willie, Alma, Auntie Sh Generation after generation. I may not have all the things that I desire to have, but I had everything that I needed. And I need more peace than a duvet blanket. <laughs> Praise practices and produce. Some folks think, oh, if I get this Tempopedic mattress, I'm going to sleep better. <laughs> no, you're going to spend $5,000 on that mattress and still can't sleep. There's people in here right now that got one of the best mattresses around. Still can't sleep. but won't give, won't tithe. But what if you tithe and gave and then pulled on what's available in this room? And man, you can get a bed out the alleyway and sleep good when you resting in the Lord. You with the springs popping out and the rusty like, oh, whatever is on, man, go grab me one of you. Hey, when it's time to go to sleep, sweet sleep. Let me tell you something, on the grind, on the, on the grind, on the way up, I have not had, I, I'm, every time, every mattress my wife and I has had, has a little lump in the middle. And it ain't because we don't cuddle. can't wait to the day I can get the, the little the, the bed with the hydraulics and I can lean up and you know all this 
stuff that we be wanting, but man, we be sleeping good. Hey, hey let, me, let me just throw this in there because it just hit, hit my little, little Holy Ghost. Waking up is as important as sleeping. Let me, let me just make it practical. How we wake up impacts our day just as much as how we slept. You can have a bad night of sleep, but if you learn how to wake up skillfully, some folks will mess up their whole next day because they didn't sleep good last night. So you wake up with an attitude because you didn't sleep bad. Now your day is bad and your night was bad. (laughs) I'm trying to tell you, Peace comes with rest. And wherever rest is, there is energy. Rest is not just about, when you enter the rest of God, there's supernatural energy. Harnessing peace is essential to the sustainability of a legacy of high life living. We got to get out this rat race. Harnessing peace is essential to the sustainability of a legacy of high life living. Right now, I'm, tr- I'm trying to leave behind peace. Right? I, I saw, I saw, I saw, came across my phone, I saw a picture of my grandma. Um, and it just hit me every time I see it. But when I see her, her picture just got peace all. And once her husband moved out, she never dated or married again. Now, I'm not telling y'all to do this. What I'm telling you is there is a peace that says, oh, well, that says, God, you are my sustained, you are my stability. You are my sanity. You are my peace. You are my ever-present help in time. Like God, you like we we got we can't put God on this if basis. We gotta get God off the if plan. He is not if. We gotta harness this peace. So when people look at pictures of us when we dead and gone, their remembrance of us is like, you you ever look at something to be encouraged? Or have you ever looked at something that discouraged you? Understand you're leaving pictures behind. How will people remember how you walked in a room, what happened? When they talk to you, what happened? Were you just messy? So when people think of you, they just remember how funny you was because you talked about people well. Do they remember your courage? Do they remember your pregnant pauses? Do they remember when you were silent, but when your silence was power? Did they get comfort by your touch, your hug? When people are driving around ready to kill themselves at 1 a.m., who do they think about calling?
Let your heart be always guided by the peace of the anointed one. <laughs> In other words, do not allow your heart to be guided by your emotions, your feelings. Let it be guided. The Bible says, let peace rule like an umpire. Let your heart be always guided by the peace of the anointed one. You ready to see this? You know, folks, man, I wonder what my calling is. I'm going to go take this, this, this calling test. Let me simplify your life. Who called you to peace? We don't see peace as a calling. If peace wasn't a calling, right, everybody would have it. Peace is something that you're called to as part of his one body. And always be thankful. Let the word of Christ live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. Flooding you with all wisdom. Everything you, every decision you need to make, let peace rule as an umpire. Let his peace, and his peace is produced from his word, not your likes. It's produced, because here's a mature believer. They know God's peace when they're irritated with his answer. So if you think you're looking for a calmness in the answer, that's not the peace. I'm talking about it's the oh well, okay God, it's the Mary when she said, I don't understand how this gonna happen, but if this is your word, let it be. There's a peace even in my irritation with God. But you don't develop that peace unless you are flooded with his word and you'll let his word live in you. Because my going has nothing to do with my wanting to. Because understand this, any God-given purpose wanting to go will run out. And so the days I don't want to keep going the peace I had when initially I didn't want to go helps me remember why I went in the first place. And this is how people fall out of love because in the beginning it was based on feelings versus the peace of God saying go. <laughs> no, there's, trust me, there's many times my wanting to was nowhere around the premises. I couldn't find a want to. But it was a peace about going. Coming into this garage, you can't think there was a want to. You, you don't look, you don't come into no garage and be like, wow, this is everything I dreamed about. Mm -mm. Ain't no want to, but was there a peace? All kinds of scriptures started, the remnant and God, what God is speaking, all kinds of stuff started flowing in my, the word was my peace, not my feelings. What he said gave me peace in my knowing, not my feeling, and my knowing always overrides my feeling. My knowing. He will provide, although I'm like this, I ain't, I ain't got it, God. He like, but my 
God shall supply all of that scripture. That scripture lives in me richly. Seek him first, his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these other things the world's pursuing for. While they're pursuing, they're just being added unto you. Right? That word is a word that lives in me richly. So whenever I run into some I don't know hows, I can say, oh, well. Because his word says, if I seek, what I have control over is the seek. (laughs) And he's responsible for the add unto. That is not my reason. You see how that produces rest. Because I'm focused on my part of the relationship. My part is delight in him and he'll give me the desires of my heart. Right? Seek him first and he'll add all these things unto me. (laughs) There's so much rest if you let the word have the last say. You, you can throw a tantrum all you want to, but your decision is based on the word, not the tantrum. Yeah, I'm mad at you, PT. God, I know it. I see it with people. I see it with people. You, people come to you for wisdom and you give them wisdom and they be like, yes, sir. Love you, Pastor T. Love you, Pastor T. Then you see the ones that's like, thank you. And they go out and do what they want to do. Totally good. Right? But the only thing we will ever give you is wisdom based on the word. So I can confidently look across the table to you and say, if... Right. And then some people will refuse to take the wisdom. Now their motivation to succeed is to prove they could do it without the wisdom. And the last thing you want to be doing is have a purpose driven off of trying to prove something to somebody else. Obeying God seems hard, but it takes less energy than running. Because he already said it, so all I got to do is say, okay. All right. We'll finish this scripture, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll Philippians. We'll finish at Philippians. We'll finish. All right. I'm going to give you three scriptures, and we're going to go home. Is that okay? All right. I'm just, gonna give, I'm just giving you enough for next Sunday. We won't be here, so this next Sunday word. <laughs> now you gotta let it flood your heart, right? For something to flood, you gotta keep it running. You, you can't come on Sunday and then on Monday you turn the word off. You, no, not today, Lord, uh-uh. I'm about to say what I wanna say, go where I wanna go. Yesterday word was good. Yesterday price ain't today's price, right? Yesterday word ain't for me today. Right? No, daily bread, you better get it. He said, apply the scriptures as you teach. Apply, stand on, put in front of you. Right? Apply the scriptures. How many people in here apply makeup on their face? Some of y'all fellas be lying. Put your hand up. (laughs) 
So, so when you when you apply when you apply something, it normally doesn't mean just put. It, it doesn't just mean throw on. When you're applying something, there's a maneuvering around the full surface. Right? This word you have to allow. The, the word should lead. When you apply the word, it leads to flooding. If you're not flooding with the word, you're not applying the word. And the, the more you apply the word, the easier it gets to apply it. Right? Just see, ask any makeup artist. Has some, when they first started applying makeup, it, it would probably some folks look scary. The lips was, you know what I'm saying? Okay? But then it got more efficient. Okay? Apply as you teach, instruct one another with the Psalms. And with festive praises. You see the Bible you find all over the place. We, are, we, are, we should be an expressive people. And with prophetic songs given to you spontaneously by the Spirit. We should be, any Davidic house should be a spontaneous worshiping house. Right? There's, there's something that happens in the spontaneity of God's song. So sing to God with all your hearts. Right? With all your hearts. Peace in Christ and faith in God allows us to have a regardless type of confidence and courage. A regardless type. In other words, a well. It's a regardless of what I'm in, regardless, I'm going to make it through. There, there's no doubt, regardless, if I'm down 3-0 in the playoffs, regardless, we coming back. There, there's no doubt anywhere in the room. So we see, not that I speak from any personal need, for I have learned to be content and self-sufficient through Christ, satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or uneasy regardless of my circumstances. Hey, sometime, sometime I, I want to say to the, to, the, to, the, to the captain in the airplane, if you knew it was going to be turbulence, why are we flying? In my mind, somehow, I want to fly where there's no turbulence. Let me tell you, that's my wife every time. This is, this is from some people, this sounds like a foolish prayer. But every time I get ready to take off, Lord, I thank you that your ministering angels surrounds this plane. We dispatched our ministering angels in the nose of the plane, the head of the plane, the tail of the plane, the belly of the plane, the left wing and the right wing. You see the belly of the plane, the nose of the plane, the top of the plane, the left and right wing in the cockpit. I thank you, Lord God, that we ascend safely and smoothly. Stop being scared to pray details. Smooth. Who don't want a smooth ascension? Pray for it. And then, Lord, I thank you for a smooth descension. I thank you, Lord. I come against turbulence now in the name of Jesus. See, now some people get in turbulence because you didn't send your word for it. You understand where my peace comes from is in the word, not, not the turbulence not being there. But because I'm standing on the word, even in the midst of turbulence, there is a calmness within. There's no, if you're going to go higher, there's no way around turbulence. 
The only way around turbulence is through turbulence. <laughs> I asked the pilot, I asked the pilot, and it, and it had to be quick, so I'm going to get pieces and pieces from different pilots. But my question was, it feels like when we're going through turbulence, I feel like the plane is accelerating because you don't know what's going on up there. He said, actually, sometimes when we're going through turbulence, we slow down. And it's because we slowed down when we get through the turbulence, it feels like we're accelerating. Okay. <laughs> but we do go, but we do go above it. We don't land. And there's too many people pulling out because there's some shaking and rattling and resistance. But no, God says when you're going through the turbulence, do you, do you understand the ground that you thought you lost when you slowed down will be made up when the turbulence ceases? It's, it's a byproduct of it. It's not God is going to speed you up. It's the rest that accelerates you. So in order to get through the turbulence, I got to take a chill pill. I got to get some wisdom. I got to think. I got to prune some things. All right, all right, all right. My focus has to reach above and beyond my circumstances. My focus has to reach above and beyond my circumstances. My focus has to reach above and beyond my circumstances. We see, I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have it made, but I am well on my way. Reaching out for Christ, not asking Christ to come to me. I'm reaching out to Christ who has, in other words, I'm pursuing Christ who has so wondrously and to pursue Christ is to pursue his ways, apply his ways, who has so wondrously, right? If I'm reaching out to you, I call your phone number. <laughs> so if I'm reaching out to God, I got to call his phone number and he only answers to his ways. One number off, you're going to call somebody else. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. A slight bit of disobedience can get you to a different... Hello? Amber? <laughs> Amber? Is this... <laughs> All right, all right, let me stop playing, let me stop playing. But I've got my eye on the goal. I got my eye on the goal. Question is, whose goal is your eye on? Where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus, I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. So let's keep focus on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us, if any of you have something else in mind, something less, than total commitment. God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. Listen, stick with me, friends. Stick with me, friends. Keep track of those you see running the same race. Running the same course. Keep track of those. Stop trying to keep track of those that don't want you those that cater to your feelings. 
keep track of those that are running the same course, headed for this same goal. There are many out there taking other paths, choosing other goals, and trying to get you to go along with them. I've warned you of them many times. Sadly, I'm having to do it again. All they want is Easy Street. They hate Christ's cross, but Easy Street is a dead-end street. Those who, live there, those who live there make their bellies their gods, meaning you, you ingest all that you want. Your diet is your flesh. Belches are their praise. All they can think of is their appetites. But there's far more to life for us. We're citizens of what? High heaven. High heaven. We're citizens of high heaven, where elite living, elevated purposes, where we eliminate toxicity, executing kingdom strategy, and, and we are an embassy of grace. In here at Romans 4, God himself said to him, Abraham, you're going to have a big family. There's nothing small about God's promises. He's telling Abraham, and see, I want you to understand how he's challenging Abraham. Abraham is merely thinking about him being able to have kids. That's where his thinking stops, is I can't have kids. God has something beyond his biological availability and capability. Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and say it's hopeless. Prior to that, his wife was laughing at God. When God said, you about to have a kid, it's hopeless. This hundred-year-old body could never father a child. I want you to see this next part. Nor did he waste time surveying his wife's decades of infertility and give up. Some of us, when God is asking us to do something, we survey the problems. What if I told you Number one, surveying the problem never leads to clarity all the time. What if you had to go without surveying the problem and only survey his faithfulness? <laughs> he didn't tiptoe. Oh, this is what I'm telling you. He didn't tiptoe around God's promise. Can I challenge you guys today to stop tiptoeing around God's promise? Stop leaving out of your prayers the things you're afraid to be disappointed by. He didn't tiptoe around God's promise asking cautiously. How many people pray cautiously? Whether you feel you're not worthy, whether you think God ain't hearing you, cautiously skeptical questions. 
I want you to see this. He plunged into the promise. He was consumed by what God can do and what God said he would do. And came up strong, ready for God, sure that God would make good on what he has said. That's why it is said, Abraham was declared fit before God by trusting God to set him right. But it's not just Abraham, church. It's also us. The same thing gets said about us in heaven when we embrace and believe the one who brought Jesus to life when the conditions were equally hopeless. He was dead. He was as dead as Abraham's wife's womb. The sacrifice Jesus made us fit for God. He set us right. What is he saying here? Abraham actually had to have this tangible faith in order to be saw fit. Guess what? While you still doubt in God, he still sees you fit. Because Jesus once and for all qualified us and made us fit, even. That's why he says when we're unfaithful, so powerful, when we're unfaithful, he is still faithful. Here, here, here's, the, here's the crazy part. Because it says God cannot resist himself. I know, I know. Whew. Wait. When we're unfaithful, <laughs> when we're unfaithful, he is faithful. And the reason he's faithful is because he cannot resist himself. I'm going to say it one more time really slowly, and I want you to understand that you're in that statement. When you're unfaithful, he is still faithful. Because he can't resist himself. Look, so him being faithful to you, it's him being faithful to himself. But he also can't resist what he promised, rather you ain't living up to your word. But also, when he sees you, He sees himself. He can't resist you no more than he can't resist himself. One day, y'all going to get so excited from the revelation that no matter how nasty you are, when God sees you, he sees himself. This is the gospel. Remember that song? (laughs) Tell everybody. You see that confidence. He sees himself. So when I wake up right, I'm understanding I'm waking up in the image and the likeness 
When I, when I wake up, I wake up knowing I'm irresistible. I'm really trying to help somebody's soul right now. I am irre- I'm not waiting for a text message that say, hey. I'm not waiting for a job. I'm not waiting for a role. I'm not waiting for a casting call. I'm not waiting for a wink. I'm not waiting for anything. When I wake up, I know that I'm irresistible because Christ is irresistible and I am in him. And if I'm co-seated, God looks to the right and he sees his son perfect, without spot, without blemish. Come on, come on. Say, we are irresistible. Say, God is faithful. Come on, say, God is faithful. If you believe so, sing your own song. Give him some praise just for 60 seconds. Come on, declare over your neighbor. Say, you was lost, but now you're found. You for sure was blind, but now you see. We are going higher and we're not looking back. We're going further and we're not looking back. Today, we choose to enter God's rest. We trust you, Lord. So go on ahead and do what only you can do. Bless you, neighbor. Favor upon your neighbor. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe on all of your favorite streaming platforms and follow us on social media. You can find us on IG and Facebook at LoveQuestINTL Church. We out here. But you know what it is. You know the motto. We out of time, but we ain't out of Jesus. So till next time, get your love fix, man. As soon as we walk in the room, everything changes. Everything changes.